Welcome everyone back to another episode of Muggle with a Mic, our first episode in 2023. Yes. Hey Phil, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Still, still getting used to writing 2023. <laughs> keep writing, keep writing 2022, but I'm getting there. Oh, 22 was so easy to write because it's the same number, but yeah. then, the, then it's like, how many times have you written the two and then added an extra little hoop at the end? Yeah. Uh, of space or didn't make any sense. We can just call it a Daryl. A Daryl. Yeah. So the the dong, the donging throughout the, the, the movie was not a Daryl. It had yeah. a purpose to it and a meaning behind it. What did you think like of the movie overall? What was your general impressions of the movie? Well, before I say anything, I know you asked the question first, but I'm going to ask you, did you like it better than Knives Out or did you like Knives Out better? Um, it's about the same. Okay. I think. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Knives Out, but. I will say I, I enjoyed it. It's the same thing with Ryan's movies. You watch it the first time and you're trying to dissect it and figure it out. Yeah. And then the second go around, you learn more, but then you find issues. Oh, there was there was writing. a lot. It's yeah. it's very superficial. If you have to suspend disbelief. Yeah. Um, you can't think about it too much or the movie kind of falls apart. Yeah. I, I'm with you as enjoyable, but it's like one of those movies where I'm gonna watch it and then I'm just you know, next day I'm going to forget all about it. Well, and I say this every time when it comes to him. Cinematography-wise, visual-wise, you know, camera-wise, angles and, and all that stuff. He does an amazing job. I, I have no complaint on that. Um, but when it comes to the story, I do have issues. The number one thing we had with Knives Out was the medication. He didn't mm -hmm. seem to do his research. Okay. Yeah. With this one, that bullet would go through the diary. Well, it would. So but that is a trope that has been else. used. Uh, that's a trope that's been used in a lot of different movies. So, so why is he using it in this? Yeah. Why is it got well, used again? It, it, exactly. Uh, but it's just like, you know, the detective in general. I mean, it's kind of re reused. He's just like borrowed off uh, Agatha Christie. Mm -hmm. Um. I thought, I mean, there was, I, I would, like, it was entertaining, but I am glad I didn't see it at the theater. I saw it on mm -hmm. HBO. Uh, and I think it's Netflix uh, or Netflix. Yeah. Did I say HBO? I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I saw it on Netflix. I think, okay. I don't, is it even out of the theater? I think ideally one of the best, you know, if you can find some place that's easy to lock down, that's within a mile or two of like a supermarket where you can get canned goods. And then, like, if you had some place that was really good and secure, if you could clear out, like, all surrounding buildings for or structures so you could see anybody coming, any other humans that might try to overtake you, you could, like, have a few towers where you have a lookout, but you'd want everything kind of cleared out so they couldn't hide behind, you know, mm. and, like, ambush you. I think you'd want to be kind of out in the middle of a cleared-out field uh, mm -hmm. that was well... Yeah. So just for our reference, uh, honestly, take over university campus. Yeah. Rio. Honestly, yeah. that's, yeah. It'd be good. I'd look where I'm, where I work and I go, okay, they could come from the back. And then I'm like, 
We have tons of food in here. So I was like, well, I'll just go there. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. You got to avoid, like, I'm going to go to Walmart because I don't have stuff forever. Yeah. But that's what everybody's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got the perfect building, like, in town here, but. Uh, don't tell it, 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 <laughs> Huh? So don't Every, give it away. Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't because like that's where I'm headed. And I'll tell you guys later. It's perfect. Um, it's just perfect. Well, we're coming there. Yeah. I guess you could. I guess you could go to the prison and, and clear that out. And... They did that on Walking yeah. Dead. There you go. Um, my the place where I work is it has a perfect roof. Because it's, I mean, most roofs are like this, but it has that little space where you could guard, yeah. but be protected. Yeah. And then right across from it is a Walmart. Ooh, that is good. All right, Score. your turn again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which clip would you want? It's too big. One, two. They're coming for you, Barbara. Two has <laughs> not been picked. I'll take it. If two is that, that's going to be the Oh, best. man. <laughs> Feel from 10 seconds ago. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, are you kidding me? You're ignorant. I knew that was a classic clip and you'd have to have it in there. Stop it. You're yeah. acting like a child. <laughs> Dang it. You got it. That is I, kid, I kid you not. I had to keep a straight face. I knew it was going to be that, that one. That is the best. That's great. <laughs> Dang it. See, I should get partial credit because I read your mind. He knew the answer before it started. I mean, there were some scenes that were kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, they were they were awesome, but it's like, I don't really the think whole thing, this like, does, does fly Matt, in real life. <laughs> does Matt fly. have made a new girlfriend? No. I, I no, could have right, yeah. done without all of that. Why did he have to have a, a romantic relationship in this? And why do we care about it? Oh, Ed Harris is in it, Sarah. Okay, oh, yeah. then I'll see it. I love Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah. Ed Harris is in it. I was glad that he was. I'll going see it for Ed it. and Val. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, you have to see it because it's like out of ten, Jim. I'll see it. Uh, yeah, I'll see it when. Um, I mean, out of ten for the storyline, out of ten for the, I, I give it an eight. Oh, that's pretty good. I thought you were just going to say ten right away. No, no. I mean, okay. I'll wait. It comes to like Netflix or something. I gave it a seven. It's on Paramount right now or MGM. So you can watch it on those if you have them. All right. Next one. Oh, wait. We want to, we got to listen to Jonah. Oh, yeah, we what do you know think what Jonah, Jonah thinks? Hey, so Jonah's the youngest out of all of us. I'm wondering if he watched Top Gun recently or knew sure about it. He's seen the first one. He's a movie buff. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Here we go. Top Gun Maverick is certainly the movie I know you've seen this year because everyone saw it this summer. This movie kind of took the world by storm. Never has a sequel been this different and this amazing from the original. Now, to be honest with you, I've never actually finished the original. I, anytime <laughs> I tried to watch it over the years, I didn't really get into it. I don't really like it, and I find it kind of boring. But you can think of that as a hot take. Think of that as you will. But going into this movie, I had almost no expectations. If anything, I really thought it wasn't going to be very good. But it blew me away from start to finish. I've seen this movie three times now. 
twice in theaters and <laughs> one of this amazing, amazing 4K disc and having everybody from all generations watch the same movie and have the same feelings. This movie's great. It is technically maybe the best movie of the year. Incredible editing, incredible practical movie. effects that feel as real as they are while watching. I was blown away by this movie from start to finish every watch and have never gotten tired of it once. And I, even talking about it now, I want to rewatch it. And that's a score of a four and a half out of five for me. Jen, okay, do you have fighting words for Jonah? No, I just love it. It's like, I finally got my moment. He's like, I've never finished watching the first one. No, but did he actually go back and finish it? Because how did he really understand the depths of the relationships if he didn't see the first one? I think the movie did a great job to to relay that. Oh, okay. I don't think Caught, you didn't necessarily need to see the first one. Okay. Mm -hmm. they I don't think you really flashbacks. need to watch the first one to... You know enough about it probably from people. It would be a lot more special to those that have seen it, but it wouldn't take away from those that haven't. Wouldn't take Would your you breath agree? away. Hmm. Take my breath away. If you haven't, Merlin. if you want to laugh very quickly, <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise is a real pilot. He takes yeah, James Corden. Corden is it Corden? Yeah, James Corden. Look it up on YouTube. It is quite him funny. flying James Corden. It is hilarious. Okay, I'll look it up. It's hilarious. I've watched it so many because times. James I actually is scared. He's very scared, and he is just no. I feel like Tom funny. isn't Tom Cruise like a real thrill seeker in real life like yeah. he does all oh, his yeah. own stunts he's, and he he's a manly man yeah <laughs> i know yeah he's, yeah that's cool that he actually really does fly though but he really like, does he's fly maverick. like yeah he really does i'll well i'll send you the link it's you know, hilarious kyle's a pilot too and he doesn't go around gloating about it yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> Or Canadian. I don't know. He's not Irish. Um, Tom Cruise isn't. Nicole Kidman isn't. Um, who is Daniel? Is Daniel Christie Mr. Christie? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, nowadays you couldn't make this movie because they, they would be up in arms. It's like you can't have a non-Irish person playing an Irish person. Right. I mean, you couldn't. But, I mean, there would be a big fuss about it. Because mm -hmm. they'd say it's unfair and you're taking away jobs from irish actors yeah which right now i'm loving um paul meskel who yeah he was just up for an oscar but he's he was in normal people and he's in this new movie after sun which i want to watch but um yeah. uh he's going to be playing in the new gladiator movie which i yeah. believe is a is it a sequel or a prequel i can't remember but denzel washington's going to be in it too <laughs> How many words in this film do you think John Wick says? Not many. I'd say 18 to 30. Oh, it's more than that. Oh, okay. 380. Oh, 380. I didn't think he said that much, really. The longest line of dialogue that Wick has in a scene is with um, the Continental Manager. Where he says, you and I left a good life behind a long time ago, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the daughter of the manager at the mm -hmm. Continental. Um, her name is Rina Sawayama, 
I think, mm -hmm. I hope I said that right. Um, the director knew nothing about her and randomly came across her on YouTube and figured that because she was a pop star and she danced, she would fit the role perfectly. Within 24 hours, the director got on the phone with her and offered her the role of Akira. Wow, that's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, maybe we'll be in a movie, Phil. Never know. In the next Harry Potter series. We're of course talking about Mandalorian season three, and who else to have on the podcast but our regular guest, Robbie? Hey, Robbie. Yeah. Hey. Well, how's it going, guys? Glad to be back. Great. Happy May the Fourth to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another voice we heard. Who could that be? Could that be our special guest, Star Wars artist and super fan, Chris Penix? Hey, Chris. Hey. Nice to be with you with you guys. It's great. Good to have you. Oh yeah, yeah good I'm, to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. We don't have Phil here, but you're an amazing, you know, what what would you call it? Substitute. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about why we might have you on the episode for Star Wars? Yeah, because I. I'm kind of a Star Wars super nerd, uh, probably dangerously so, probably unhealthy <laughs> <laughs> levels of, of Star Wars fandom. But uh, I'm also um, a Star Wars um, trading card artist, and I uh, I paint Star Wars stuff for um, Topps trading cards uh, all the time. I'm constantly painting, so... Do yeah. you just have a backlog of stuff and you just send them stuff or are you just constantly drawing? No, they um I I am constantly drawing and painting, but I I have assigned subjects that they give me and um I go off of a list. Um usually the list expands out to half a year. Sometimes it can be a couple months, it varies. Oh neat. But I saw I saw your I, it's, I'm assuming it's a recent one, but of Pedro Pascal, a.k.a. Mando. Yeah. Yeah. That was and super cool. Love the hair, one. the little curls in his hair. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, the uh, product I work on is called The Living Set. And that Pedro Pascal um, was card number 400 that, uh, that we've done. It's just me and one other artist that work on this set. Um, He's a friend of mine named Carlos. He lives down in Orlando. He's so good. Uh, such a nice guy, too. That's so neat. I, I'm going to start collecting them now. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I told Katie the same thing as well. Like, this is definitely going to spawn a new collection. Um, you know, in my in my basement, I have an entire collection of Star Wars memorabilia. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Trading cards are definitely going to be getting added to my collection. So. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, new new cards go on their website every Tuesday, so. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yep. Taco Tuesday and Star Wars Trading Card Tuesday. <laughs> Tops Tuesday. Yeah. Tops yeah. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, maybe you can remember too, in The Last Jedi, when Luke is on, um, I'm blanking on the, the island planet that he's on. Octo. Um, Octo. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, that Jedi Temple had like an image, and it wasn't talked about in the film at all. But there, it was supposed to be referencing what they called the Prime Jedi. Is that? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, they've. Uh, I think you're about to mention it. They've kind of used that image, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. When they when they announced the film, they actually used that image that was thing on the, the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think there'll be ties, loosely maybe, or uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I I think it'll be exciting. I mean, James Mangold has made some killer movies. Uh, Logan. I don't know if you guys have seen Logan. Oh. With that. with the this guy. Yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what was it? Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I think he. Oh. I. I yeah, I don't want to put that out there. Let me let me fact check. Here, I'll, I'll look it up. You can okay. go. Okay, but anyways, I, I his body of work. I, I mean, I think it could be fun to see what he movies and. Oh, he directed Three Ten to Yuma. That's one of my favorites. He also did multiple X Men films: The Wolverine, Logan, um, Walk the Line. No, oh, okay. I don't see. Uh... Oh yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. Ford for Which, I love both of those movies, and like, I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of weird, like outside of Star Wars viewing, I'm kind of picky. So like, I don't know I, to have movies that I like that aren't Star Wars. I think that speaks highly for him. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm a snob when it comes to other movies, like I'll watch other movies, but I don't ever like get the, the, um, the feelings I get when I watch a Star Wars movie but sure yeah, yeah. i i agree yep. <laughs> kind of the same i'm kind glad i'm same. not alone yeah <laughs> we are live again i'm gonna turn the camera so everyone can see this steampunk cat in all its glory <laughs> everyone katie back here with muggle with a mic and we're still at the steampunk uh festival and i've got I'm just going to call you Mr. Davis this whole time because That's fine. <laughs> Mr. Davis was my sixth grade uh, history and Eng not English teacher. Yes. 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 I remember the history because that was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how have things been going today? Oh, we're delighted. We're delighted. First of all, the weather is yes. absolutely gorgeous. And this is our first adventure. And we wanted to see how it would go and the people seem to be extremely pleased the young and the old both love the model trains they're going through the cars they like the booths it's not back to back shoulder to shoulder mm -hmm. but it's a steady flow and it has been all day so we're delighted great we're absolutely delighted with the turnout great and we're so glad you can be here oh we're happy to be here we're learning so much we learned stuff from charles huber so that was that was just uh, Phil took a tour. Oh, okay. And Charles Dickens. Charles oh, yes. Dickens. Charles as well. Dickens in person. Yes, that was. You, you can't know, beat that. Monumental for us. Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> may be around the corner somewhere. Ba you never remember. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you give us some history on how the museum started? Well, the museum was an active freight station uh -huh. through 1981. The passenger station closed several years before. But the freight station here remained open, mm -hmm. and uh, it was finally closed in 1981, and the railroad tracks were pulled out in 1991. CSX condemned the building, closed it in 81. It is our understanding that it went to Raccoon Creek Park, okay. the McIntyre Park Board. Uh, they had plans for the building that didn't materialize. Okay. They, in turn, passed it on to the city of Gallipolis. In 2016, there were rumors floating that they were going to demolish the building. And uh, we got wind of it. 
Jim Love, who used to be a calligrapher here when he was in college, got word of it. He got a group of us together. Yeah. And we wanted to see if we could save the building. The group he got together, we all have an interest and appreciation for the history of trains and railroading. Yeah. And we had an engineer come in and check the building out to see if it was structurally sound, that it could be remodeled. Yeah. And uh, the answer was yes. And so in the fall of 2016, we bought this station. Katie, guess how much we had to pay for this? We heard a rumor. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, oh, we yes, heard a rumor. Yes, yes. One dollar. One dollar. A for you. You were listening. I'm proud oh, of you, yes. sir. Yes. Man, I didn't get it. You get it. Darn. We got the station for a dollar. And we started in really the summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. We have had three state grants from the General Assembly that we have written wow. and been funded for to help restore the station yeah. and we are delighted with the progress and we're delighted with the local support Com members of the community have have come to help us some help us some are very anonymous wow. and do not want anything said and they have been helping us but we are tickled to death that we've been able to save the building and it is open as a museum. Well, I'm going to thank the anonymous people. Oh, yes. Because look yes. at what they did. It is beautiful oh, yes. what you've done here. Yes. And we keep a record. Yeah. And we opened one year ago, April 30th, which was last Sunday. And when we closed last Sunday, we had had 1,458 visitors from 28 states and four countries in Washington, D.C. And for wow. southeastern Ohio, we're tickled to death. Absolutely. Tickled to death. And uh, this summer, one of the other grants that we have written, uh, they will start work to restore every car you see in this rail yard. Wow. The cars will be put back as the condition that they were in. Uh, the grant was for approximately $600,000. Oh my word. To restore all of the cars. We'll have a circus coach. Uh, we'll have meeting rooms in it. We'll have rooms where people can have birthday parties, anniversary parties. That's awesome. And uh, any day. Podcast recordings? Yeah, oh, definitely, <laughs> with air conditioning, too. <laughs> and then any day, we've got another 1945 uh, Porter switch engine coming. And we have a 23-ton diesel battery-powered switch engine from Cagher Creek coming. Wow. And so we always said we wanted to have a museum as well as a rail yard. Yeah. And we've been able to accomplish both dreams. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the museum is open and people seem pleased. And uh, we're, we're just absolutely <laughs> All right, hey everyone, Katie back here at the first Friday event in downtown Gallup Place. I have a very special guest here, Katie Ratliff. Hey, Katie. Hey. So what, you got this all started, right? Now, first Friday has been a thing for a while. Has it? Okay. Um, it started out as just... Um, businesses downtown doing uh, sales after on Fridays, the very first Friday of the month. Okay. But lately, in the last couple years, it's a lot of office space downtown. Yeah. So we've tried to incorporate a lot more small businesses and uh, artisan vendors, things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So just taking a little, uh, rolling with how things change, you know, yeah. uh, how the economy changes, how businesses change. Ever after evolving. COVID, it, yeah. a lot of people took up... Um, doing uh, artisan work and things like that. So it was nice to be able to give them an outlet for 
setting up and being part of the community. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's so unique because every every stand is different. Yeah. yeah. It's just a vast variety of items that you can come like You'd be surprised at what you see down here. I saw all the pictures from last first Friday. How was that? It was one of the biggest. We were all shocked. You know, it's slowly grown, but then it exploded the last first Friday. It was. It's just so exciting for our town to finally see things happening. Absolutely. And just that um, energy in the community, not just with businesses or uh, vendors, but like actually in the community. There's just this excitement. Oh no, you really feel a part of it when you're down here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good, good, good. I'm glad you feel that way too. No, absolutely. Because the community is a place, but it's also the people. Yeah. So, and this is a great example. What do you think about Nebula in this one? I like, like her. I she, they, gets, she grows on me each time I she comes yeah, on the screen. Yeah. Uh, of course, I liked her in Doctor Who, Amelia Pond, mm -hmm. uh, the actress. But um, yeah, that's like I I think they kind of took with her character. I mean, I know she's half machine, but when they were knocking her head off, I mean, there's still organic stuff there. It's like, I, know, I think they it took it part a little bit back into place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, I, I don't think it would work that way. So I I do think they kind of went a little beyond belief on that part of it. Now I, I did mom leaned over to me at that point when her head is like this yeah. and she, she goes, how is she still alive? Yeah. And I had to explain mom. She's, she's almost all robot. Yeah. <laughs> you still have nerves in the spinal column and like, yeah, no, you, wanna, you don't want to collapse your windpipe. I mean, <laughs> you it's know. true. But I mean, maybe the high evolutionary is not the only one who's messing with creation because yeah. Thanos clearly replaced everything about her, it seems like. Yeah. Which I don't feel like she was that far gone in other movies. You mean hurt that bad? Well, I mean, I don't feel like she was that much of a robot in other movies. Right, right. And she and technically she hasn't changed any parts since we met her. Right. Right. That's what that's what I mean. I think they kind of they were kind of pushing the envelope on that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Because like if you look at the movies, you could end game. She died with just getting shot one. I mean, she kind of shot herself. Remind me and, what happened. Well, the future Nebula shot. The past Nebula killed her because she was. Oh, yeah, because she did. She brought Thanos and everything over. Well, maybe so, I mean, she knew her weakness, you know, like a, the kink in the shield, oh, yeah. you know? The, the right, the exact right place, like Smaug, the dragon. Uh, yeah. Hmm. But I do, I do like, uh, I do like her. I think she, she did. Uh, Karen Gilliam. Gilliam, yep. Yeah, yep. she did she a good job. On, you reminded me, she was on Doctor Who. Yeah, she's in Jumanji too. Did you see Jumanji? The no, but Jumanjis. I I do know that I know that all the the whole group of people. Yeah, yeah. She she does a great job because you. I know she doesn't look like her, but her voice I don't even recognize. Hi everyone, this is Matthew David Rudd, voice of Panda from Jujutsu Kaisen, Shishido from My Hero Academia, Rock Wraithraiser from Tower of God, Baro from Blue Lock. All your favorites, you know. You are listening to Muggle with a Mic with Katie and Phil. Enjoy the show. Phil, what's your mug today? My mug is, I don't know, it's a 
Oh, let Rocky me let me switch let me switch cameras for us. Hold on. Technical difficulties. We're live people. Deal with it. Here it is. It's it. Well, Where's I can get camera? it. I can get it real big. I think I can get it real big if I know how to do this. Look at that. Here, try it over here. Oh. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's beautiful. So that what is, is that mug, Phil? That is from Universal Studios, the uh, Islands of Adventure, the year it opened, 1999. That is the Dueling Dragon tankard. Tankard. Mug that was uh, from a roller coaster they had in the Lost Continent, which is now the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes. And that uh, roller coaster got refurbished to the like the Dragon Challenge, and then they tore it out and put Hagrid's uh, motorbike adventure. How apropos that something that was turned into Harry Potter was a dragon ride. Yeah. It it seems like maybe they should have kept it a dragon ride. They should have. Like, um, we'll go to my mug now, and my mug is special. I literally just picked it this morning because you can kind of I think no you can't see it. Your mug's covering it up. Avocado Lee 3D Design, who I bought a Darth Vader mug from last year, and it's awesome. I, I walk in today, and they go, Katie! And then they gave me this mug. Get ready for the reveal, people. Ba-bam! It's Howard the Duck. <laughs> and then there's Jonah in the background. But look at that Howard the Duck. They, they made that mug and gave it to us, Phil. It's pretty special. I love how the handle has the name Howard in the handle. It's it's really cool. And that's old school Howard the Duck too. That's from the '80s movie, not the right, not the new Marvel right. Howard. Well, okay. So what's the difference, Phil? Um, I mean, the character design. Oh, just Let's the way he looks. Uh, the yeah, way you he can looks. Tell okay. that it's. I gotcha. It's original. So what would you Have say? Have you ever seen the '80s? I feel like I've seen clips, but I've never seen the whole film. Okay. Yeah. So I knew who he was. Like, I wasn't flabbergasted by his appearance, but I, I feel like he's um DuckTales wannabe. Uh, he predates DuckTales. Oh, so DuckTales are a Howard wannabe. Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. And the fact that the scene where you see Mario learn how to run and be action with yeah. Princess Peach, that was neat. Because because it looked like he was playing the game. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you okay, well, I learned this yes. section of the game, and now i got to go on to the next one, and you die a hundred times. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yes, that's very uh, game accurate. And you get through it 80, 89%, and then you fall yeah. or something. Yeah. We've all been there. And he learned what eating the different things did to him and when he thought he was going to get really big and then he got teeny tiny and yeah, it was, yeah. they did a great job. And, and, and now that's coming from someone who does, <laughs> there's, there's Caitlin. Oh, turn the mic on. Let me change the camera. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are we? We're great. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing good. Good. You just stopped by real quick for us. I'm just, just stopping by to say, hey, how's it going? It's going great. How's the, how's the raffle giveaway stuff? We gave away the My Hero Academia wallet, and, and Matthew signed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and we've sold all these bowl cozies. It's awesome. We're That's having fun. sweet. Yeah. Awesome. 
You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming out. We really appreciate Muggle with the Mic for being our official podcast. They're amazing. Please like and subscribe so you can hear all the official um, uh, Final Boss Con um, news. I almost said Once More with Feeling news, but that's the wrong business. <laughs> hey, but we, hey, oh, let's hey, plug on. Once More with Feeling. Yes. 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 Accessorize your nerdy side. And all the engraved needs you may have. I got you. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kaylin. <laughs> There we go. We got a real quick interview there because she is running like all over the place, getting getting things for people that they need it. And she's also doing her booth and the final BossCon booth. So That's a lot of booths. Yeah, she's, she's got a trifecta of booths. But we'll take a break here. We'll eat some food and then hopefully we'll see you again. I actually, uh, yeah. did, you, did you see any uh, Mario's today? People cosplaying? I have not actually. I saw... I saw a regular Mario and a Tanuki suit Mario. Oh, okay. I haven't seen them. Then again, I've been I've been running around too. But I have not seen. And I saw Peach. I saw. I did see a Peach. I saw a Princess Daisy. What's that from? Daisy's. Uh, from. One of them games. <laughs> one of the Mario. Appropriate for a gaming convention. She's uh Mario Kart. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. There you go. Well, someone was dressed as that. So I did see a Mario I haven't seen a Yoshi or Bowser, but there's a taco and a turkey leg. (laughs) Yes, I saw that. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, uh, guys, we're going to take a break because I am feeling hungry, and we're going to go see some food vendors. Oh, my gosh. There's a Wednesday. Here, let's switch over. We might see Com- Gomez walk by with a stroller. There, there he is. You no, know that not that guy with the cart. That's a staff member. Here comes Wednesday and Gomez. <laughs> we got away from Wednesday. <laughs> well, Pugsley's in there too. He's in the. Well, here, little, here's little cousin. Here, here's thing. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys, stay tuned. We're probably going to end this stream right here, and then we'll come back later. I will just say I would just will I will say chronologically Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. This yes, is true. It does. Just a little tricky, but okay. Let's ask you that: Should you watch them in film chronological or in chronological? I watch them how they came out, yo. Okay. Yeah, you got to watch them as they come out. Okay. Cool beans. That was yeah. easy. Because. Um, because there's a lot of things in Temple of Doom that are good and service the movie because you're already aware of the character's mannerisms. Yeah. So but, there's yeah. certain beats in the movie, especially in the beginning, that it's like, if this is your... In- they didn't do an introduction to the character. They did it in Raiders Lo- Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. There's certain things that happen in Temple of Doom that it's like, makes sense because you're aware of the character. So it, it, it works better as a prequel. Yeah. It would be lost on people if they didn't know certain things. I yeah. guess that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next question for both of you. Rank the five five films best to worst. I can do that right now. Easy. Okay. Go. You want to go? Wait, wait. wait do we want to like five, five, four, four, three? No, like, just to, it, to do the whole grouping, and then we'll. Okay, never Jonah mind. Go first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, number five is definitely Crystal Skull. Okay. That's the worst one. Uh, number four is definitely Dial of Destiny. Number three is definitely Temple of Doom. Um, 
and then number two is Last Crusade, and then one is Raiders. I mean, I feel like that's I just I feel it like just that spells as well. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. It'd be a toss-up between King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny for me because I haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet. But I would agree <laughs> with Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom. So what yeah. you're saying then, is from the nice. from the beginning of the films, they slowly went down and then they just freefalled at, at Crystal Skull. See, I I don't like that comparison only because it's yeah. like it's like I, you know, when you have no, something think... almost like it Last Crusade. While I don't like it as much as Raiders, it's not worse than Raiders. If that makes like, it's just it's still a good movie. It just I think they're all on the same level. The first three. I mean, it's okay. just a matter of your preference. Which which do you prefer? Jonah and Jonah got mad and left. He disagrees with you. He's had it. <laughs> Taylor, Billy Joel. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, cool, <laughs> cool. I ain't trying to get killed. I ain't trying. Um, but I anyway. do love Taylor. Um, so, is that your favorite concert you've ever been to? Oh, I like honestly, I like all concerts because I love live music, and I really think everyone should go support live music, no matter what. If it's a small town thing, or you know, Billy Joel at the Shoe, um, or if it's just you know uh, someone at an open mic, live music is great because you know what? In that moment, all of you people are sharing that collectively together. And you'll never have it again. That moment will never be repeated. 10 out of 10. Profound. So we got movie news? Yeah, go for it. Movie news time. Do, 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 do. Is there, is there going to be like a... Do, 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 do. We'll do it in post. No, what am I doing in post? <laughs> I don't know. I was making a joke. I'll have a crawler that just goes, movie news, movie news, movie news. Yeah, there you go. They're seeing it right now. Oh my gosh, look at that. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, hit me in the face. Uh, okay. Look at it go. <laughs> so, first thing I want to talk about, because this is very important, I feel like it's very important for podcasts like us to talk about this, okay. because we are pop culture and media-based podcasts, is that, one. unfortunately, the the Writers Guild and the, uh, the Writers Guild strike's been on for 112 days, mm -hmm. which is insane, as well as the Screen Actors Guild has been on for almost 40 days. Um. And I just wanted to quickly mention some movies that people are really looking forward to that have unfortunately been delayed due to this um, strike. Um, you're not going to get Superman and you're not going to get Wicked because those movies are all movies that have been in production but have been shut down due to the strike. Wicked was only a couple days away from rapping. Fun fact. Um, and do you know who's playing Fiero? No. Jonathan Bailey. Oh, that's cool. Well, do you want to do you want to hear my opinion? Have you seen Wicked? Uh, I love Wicked. Yes, yes. Okay. You aren't going like when it. I watched it. Live. <laughs> you are not, not going to like my opinion. Then do you you want to hear what I thought of Wicked? I saw Wicked on Broadway. Are you and... talking about the musical? Mm -hmm. Like on stage, Wicked. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me. I I need to get in my serenity fate like mindset so that I don't overreact to what you're about so, to say. No, notably, I've only seen it once, and. It was um, four years ago. I think act one is really good and a lot of fun. And obviously the music throughout in both acts are amazing. I think the story in act two is horrendous and takes a complete nosedive from the original source material. And I don't like it. I just don't like it. 
The story did not interest me and I don't like it at all. Okay, so when it comes to musicals for me, um, it's hard for me to have an opinion of like, my opinion mostly comes from the soundtrack, from the music itself. Soundtrack's great. Because we live in an area where we get, you know, traveling through musicals. Right. And so when we do see them, we only see them once, maybe. Right. Um, I would love to live in New York City and see them over and over and have the, you Same. know, the money to do that. But we like just it's don't. A movie. <laughs> like yes. It's and that's why I love that Hamilton is on Disney Plus. You know, it gives everyone the access to watch it once, twice, as many times as you want. Um, and Shrek the Musicals on Netflix. Is it really? <laughs> it's been on Netflix for years. Shrek the Musicals is great. I got rid of Netflix. Um, but it was just too expensive. But understand. So, so when it comes to musicals, it's always about the music for me. Yes, it's about the live performances. Like we just talked about how important that is. But when it comes to the music, I just Wicked is my childhood that came out when I was in high school. So I, I hold a special place to talk to you guys about. Is how well versed are you in D and D? Oh, Me, man. not so much. No. Mackenzie, he's the one. Uh, we play or try to play once a month at best, um, if not more, with 5th edition. Okay. We played on and off from 3.5, then some of us went to college and left or didn't play, and then we played 5th edition. Different games, different campaigns for, I think, the same group has been playing for almost like nine years now, it seems like. Not wow. the same story, but, yeah. you know, on and off. They're called campaigns, yes, right? Yes, yes. Something. <laughs> that, that, it's pretty fun. It's uh, Fifth Edition makes things a lot, lot more simpler for people who's never played before. So are these campaigns, like, pre-planned, or do you write them? Baron, Somebody write them. Baron does a lot when he he writes all his. Mm -hmm. He'll take some from other stories, which you know most people do. Mm -hmm. I like doing the books and then changing them by, like, 60%. I just like to have that structure because I'm the type of guy who's like, what's the end goal? Yeah. So, you know, when I shut the book, I go, we did it! Um, but, yeah, there's a big mix like Do you that. think we could do a campaign that's centered around podcasters? No, definitely. 100%. <laughs> just have wizards running electricity. That'd be fine. It'd be great. Someone uses the mic cord as like a whip. Yeah. <laughs> they just record it and they'll save it later and air it on a TV that they make that just broadcasts in the local area and it'll venture off into this big story. Like, they can watch things from the past that already happened. In Bardic a, inspiration. Right, in a box. It'd <laughs> be great. You got to play. It's all right. <laughs> well, I've always I've wanted to get into it. So how would one go about... Because, like, I tried to do a Star Wars RPG, yeah. but oh. it was um, Flight, something Flight. Fantasy Flight? Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't D&D. &D. And yeah. when you watch D&D &D online, I understand how that works slightly yeah. now. So when I tried to do the Fantasy Flight, I didn't know what I was doing. If you want a Star Wars one but want to use the style that D&D &D does, Spelljammer mm -hmm. is exactly what that is. Okay. It's all space stuff. There's a space hamster named Boo. He's a giant space hamster. He's about this big. And uh, he goes around and does stuff. There's hippos that live in space that are like colonial style people that have like the you know, the pads and the, wear the fake hair and everything. It's a wild ride. Um, but you can just add, you know, they got light weapons and swords looking. Th you can just switch those with characters. And I know what the, uh, Star Wars one you're talking about because we played that once. Okay. And I played a Wookiee. 
Okay. It was actually pretty fun. I played one. Um, it didn't. It didn't have a Wookiee. It had a. Oh, what's the species that Maul is? A Dathomir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That'd and be cool. so it had him, but it was like you didn't have a lot of like lightsaber stuff. Yeah. You had a lot more force wielding yeah. power. So that was Some a little guns. That made it harder. Yeah. Because you had to do force points, and it was it was difficult. Yeah. But yeah. Well, guys, I'm gonna let you get back to your. Uh, what did you call it? The dome. The V150 Ion Dome. Right, that's right. That's what it is. <laughs> Look it up. And you'll go. You forget. You'll go, yeah, that makes sense. How dare. Dude, we're I'm going back to KFC. Matt <laughs> to the rescue. He what looked up do? Ghostly Gala and he everything. He did, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, we're back here for our final segment at the first Friday event in Gala Police, and we have some special guests here, Connor Christian and Nicole Summerlin. Summerlin from Canada. That's it. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us. I'm I'm so excited you guys are here. You guys just finished a set down the street, correct? Yes, first time we've ever been here at first Friday. A lot of firsts there, but um, <laughs> hanging out here. Uh, yeah, it was really cool to get to be downtown on a Friday night. Glad uh, we were to make it. Awesome. So, um, Connor, I want to start with you're from Gal Police. Yes, born and raised. Yes. Did you go to Gal Academy? I did go to Gal Academy. Class of, do we want to say? <laughs> 2015? I mean, we're, we got yeah. it the same year. We did. We did. We don't, no secrets here. No secrets here. <laughs> well, I'm 06, so okay. I was a little bit before you. But so, blue, go Blue Devils. Go, go blue. Devils. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, you want, do we want to see the funk song? No. Uh, no. I mean,. <laughs> Maybe save that for another episode. <laughs> All right. So I want to know how both of you got started in music, how you got started here in Gal Please and in Canada. So go for it. Would you like to, you want me to take it away? All right. So um, growing up here, I mean, I am actually live out in Patriot, which is there's no service out there. There's nothing out there. It's kind of in the sticks, um, which honestly I think worked in my favor with music. Um, had no cell service, barely had internet, but my dad's music collection is absolutely massive. So getting able to be able to reach and pull off vinyls off the shelf and CDs and cassette tapes and just just all kinds of cool stuff with great artists I had at the touch of my fingers, I really didn't know too much about what else was out there, which I'm sure Nicole will say I live under a rock a lot of times with that and be like, what, you haven't heard that? And I'm like, maybe somewhere, I don't know. But um, so anything I could reach for, I would just throw it on the vinyl record player and listen to it all day long and just play it and play it and play it. And uh, my Uncle Ryan, he is a guitar player, um, huge influence on me. I always thought he was the coolest dude in the world, uh, still still is one of the coolest dudes in the world. So he really kind of got me started. And, you know, the old buy a cheap guitar, hang out in the garage, I'll teach you to smoke on the water and all that stuff, you know. So I'm, I'm no I'm – I'm definitely – nothing too far from what a guitar player would be at heart um, and starting with that and it just kind of led one thing to the next started learning more songs writing more songs and uh, my mom always sang around the house so that was another thing we'd sing and write songs together and you know a big family thing my grandma she sings and loves music so just a big 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 family of people who love music i think they got sprinkled a little bit on me in, the jeans. in the jeans yeah. yeah um definitely from my mom's side my dad he can't sing anything but he sure knows how to play the radio uh really well um just as important just as important he sings sometimes but i don't i don't know if you'd want to hear it i mean it's definitely making a joyful noise if you say something like that but oh, but uh nicole how did, how have you got started in music i've been doing the music thing for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, growing up, I was a little bit of an attention seeker, if you will, around the house. I would choreograph these dances and shows for my family, 
and they'd all have to sit and watch and it was you know very dramatic but um when i started going to school i went to a fine arts school so we were just really plugged into the arts you know music and dance as competitive dancer for about 14 years and uh you know around the age of 13 i just started singing and i wrote a song for like a christmas recital that year and i just you know fell into love with songwriting and yeah. channeling my teenage emotions during that time and then you know started doing small town gigs and slowly made my way to nashville at the age of 16 and then i've wow. been coming back and forth between nashville and vancouver area canada uh for about 10 years and now i just moved there now nice. so it's been it's been a development but in terms of like i'm a country artist specifically mm-hmm. and uh that's you know my mom played a whole bunch of music growing up same with my dad but classic country is what really like spoke to my soul mm-hmm. i'm all about the lyrics and the storytelling that's yeah. my thing and it just you know sounds cliche but it really just comes out country i've been, I've been in like pop bands and rock bands you know throughout my career and whatnot but somehow i'd always make you know, Britney Spears sound country, and they're like, maybe you're not a good fit for this particular band, but... I want to hear that. Well, <laughs> it's something. It's something. But, uh, no, country music is, like, what makes my heart and soul, like, yeah. the happiest. And so Nashville is the best place for me to be right now. I was just going to say, how is that Nashville vibe, yeah. and how are you enjoying that, and it's what have you learned from it? busy. It's so busy. It is busy. a zoo of a place. It is a zoo. But, you know, Nashville is such a unique city, and it's so fun for, like, tourists and, you know, mm-hmm. just to go there and... Mm-hmm. hang out and see music but at the same time it just holds such a special place and for me mm-hmm. specifically just because it's the heart of country music and the heart of all music yeah. for that matter and the creativity that you just feel when you're just like walking around is like is he in an alternate universe or i mean were the, his friends the same from the same and everybody well i mean obviously they wouldn't be because well and they never answer like yeah. if he had a concussion, maybe he was in a coma and that's what he was dreaming up in the coma. But I mean, there was two other people. So there's right. a Russian man and a, a English woman that remembered the Beatles. So were they, did they get transported into this alternate universe? Did they have an accident? Is that what happened? That's what I was like. Wondering. They all had, had yeah. an accident at the same time. I so. know. But, okay. So it's, we get upset when people try to explain things, mm-hmm. but then a situation like this is where they don't explain a lot, and I'm kind of okay with it. I'm because, okay with it. Because then in my mind, I can paint a picture myself, rather and rather than disagreeing with someone else's yeah. painting, you know? Yeah. So, yes, I would like answers, but at the same time, in this instance, it doesn't it have necessary. to. Yeah, it's, no. it's not really... Um that's not as important as the situation that he finds himself in. Yeah. Now, did you, did you watch the alternate ending? No. Was it on, was it on the, I rented it on prime. Okay. Um, I have a physical DVD or uh, Blu-ray, uh, but it has an alternate ending on there where, uh, his girlfriend's talking. You want me to look it up and see if I can find it? Well, you can. Alternate ending. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Okay. So would a better title of this movie be called Across the Multiverse? Yes, it would. That's awesome. There's another pun. But 
Yeah, I think it's for kids, boys or girls that grew up playing with Barbie mm-hmm. and Ken and all the assorted Kens. <laughs> um, yeah. And, well, I mean, uh, America Ferrera's monologue about... Best part of the movie, I think. What it's like to be a woman. And the line that, that sticks in my head is, uh, you know, moms or women stand still so that their daughters can can go on. I was sobbing. <laughs> I have a six-year-old daughter. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, to me, it, it was... The themes of the movie were... I don't know if they were meant to be like motherhood-ish, but it, it, I got that as being a mother. I think it totally was. And the fact that, you know, the doll, they think it's a little girl they're seeking out, but it's actually the mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because she got the toy back out to play play with the Barbie. Whose daughter has grown up and is not playing with Barbies anymore, and mm-hmm. she's having a hard time. So she starts to play with the Barbies, and her stress and anxiety and life is what causes everything to start. No. Which haven't we all been there? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> no, it's true. And and it was, you know, the movies, the whole theme was empowering women. Yes. And kind of being like, hey, guys, take a back seat. Right. And I think it, I think it was great that they did that. I'm, I'm, I've lost my train of thought. Well, I mean, can we I mean, look at everything that happened with, with powerful women over the summer? Taylor Swift tour. Beyonce tour. The Barbie movie. Yeah. Take a couple years off, boys. We can, <laughs> yeah. We've got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all just messed up up anyways. <laughs> Let us take care of it. I mean, Taylor Swift making sure that her drivers and stuff get, get paid for, you know, all of that stuff during her tour. I mean. Okay. So let's, well, you brought her up. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I don't know. That's I, what I, I said. Just, I'm not, I like, I don't get the craze, but I do think she, like that kind of stuff where she's supportive of the people that work around her and everything. Um, but again, I don't get that. I don't get how she gets, draws more people than like the Beatles drew. I just, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't listen to her music, but I like I, some of it. I, I, after all of like seeing what, how that tour did, like. I feel like I could be a Taylor Swift fan. I'm gonna make I wanna make oh. bracelets too. How do you feel about her infiltrating the NFL? I love it. I don't <laughs> care about either side. And I'm like oh, I want those two to be together. Look how cute they are. Like it it's like it's like young romance and I love it. Like her being at the in that box like with Blake Lively. <laughs> Real life people, you know. What is going on? I haven't heard of like the world between worlds or whatever, just in passing. So I figured that's kinda of what it was, but so what about the it. fact of she's fighting Anakin up there with lightsabers and Jason and Hera can hear mm-hmm. her? How ca- okay, I can understand Jason, but how is Hera hearing her? I don't think Hera heard her. Oh. So, so, but this is what's cool about like interpreting that because I thought it's almost like she realized her son heard it and she trusted her son and that's why she acted on it. That's what I got from it. Cause he's, she's like, he's like, mom, listen, listen. And like, she was putting her trust in her son who she knows is connected to the force. Mm -hmm. That's what I got from it. But so tell me about Jason, because I don't know that (laughs) character. And like, so is that his real mom or is it someone? Okay. Yeah. Cause it's like, she's Twilik and I figured he would have had, even if he, I don't know who, who his dad is, but I figured he at least have little, tail nubbins if, if you know it's a different alien awesome. but 
Okay. His dad is Freddie Prince Jr. (laughs) His dad is Kanan, which would have been the Jedi or Jedi Knight from Rebels. Who he trained uh, Ezra. Ezra. Okay. Okay. Because I didn't like I said she's. uh, Yeah, I didn't know if if it was like if he was like adopted, if it was real, or who was. You know, maybe his dad died because she kept talking about his dad. Maybe his dad died and said, here you go. Or if they were married or what happened to the dad. There's Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Little Jason. And then I have his dad on here. (laughs) Yeah, there he is. (laughs) Live action version. (laughs) Well, so in the Clone Wars, there was uh, an episode uh, where a clone had kids with a Twi'lek woman. Oh yeah. One one of the kids had short head tails and the other kid did not. So okay. it's just a weird genetic thing, I guess. Okay. And then I like his Good hair point. was green but his skin wasn't green, so I'm like Yeah. That like <laughs> which uh, yeah. They had set that up with with Katie Katie had that picture of Jason up. Um I mean, they had set it up where he did just look humanoid just with green hair and like green which i didn't i didn't think that i didn't think that i didn't know what he looked like in the cartoon but i didn't like his hair in the show i just thought it looked kind of it was kind of i actually actually thought the hair looked better in live action than it did in okay the the animation looked like they just dipped his head in kool-aid yeah i was wondering how they were going to do it or if they were even going to keep it green but yeah they did i don't like how it looks in live action yeah <laughs> i i couldn't tell if he was dying in it or if it was like that was a real color i mean like because yeah. you know where sabine had her dyed so i didn't know if it's like hey it's my mom she's green i'm gonna dye my hair green yeah so they kind of darkened it up in the show and in the animation it's like his hair is like the same color green as hair green. skin color almost yeah, it's like kinda, uh, look at his eyebrows yeah. in the picture yeah right yeah it looks like he kind of like it looks like kind of like Beast Boy, where he has green. Yeah, he does kind of look like Beast Boy. <laughs> yeah, he does. Tons of movies with tons of different times for whatever occasion you're you're ha- you want to watch a movie. It doesn't matter. Well, That's so, what's so great about movies. Like I'll compare this movie to Titanic, because how long was Titanic? Titanic was two VHSs, but it was. I think it was, uh, I think it was three hours. Yeah, it was something like that. Let me look it was like three hours and like like a single digit number of minutes. It was oh, <laughs> I googled Titanic length and it gave me eight hundred and eighty three <laughs> feet. <laughs> That's funny. You can't do that. No. <laughs> Movie can't do length. That. It was three hours and fourteen minutes. Ooh, okay. I was a little wrong, but so I mean, like Titanic. I don't think it's I knew worse the time than Killers of, that. of the Flower Moon. Take. <laughs> Now, I'd say that I say they're the same. Killers of the Flower Moon's too long. Titanic was a good movie. Don't Titanic's a good No, I I agree. <laughs> it's just not it's not Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know. I think you're I think you're on a new hype because it's a new movie. Do you think that's why? No, I I haven't liked Titanic for a long time. It's just kind of okay. <laughs> it's kind of good, man. It's just well, kind of fine. So uh, I think I think Titanic. I wasn't looking at my watch. This one, a few times, I was basically looking at my watch just to see. They still haven't mentioned this, and they only, and they have this much amount to go and all that. That's why I was looking at my watch. Now my mom said it was too long. 
The other friend said it was too long. We walked to the movie theater at 10 a.m., didn't leave till after 2 p.m. If that's any, like, it just feels like it takes up the whole day. But do you know the Muffin Man? No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> there is Cutting Yourself is number yes. six. With a knife while opening packages is what that's a, That's the common one. Yeah. So, Dr. Weedy, what's the best way to open a package with a knife? Or should you use a different object? Just be careful. Just you know, Knives will work. Just don't pull it. Watch where the knife's going to go. Like, Don't pull it at you or have your hand down and pull it across your hand. or Just I, take your time and watch where the knife's going. I will say I have a vivid memory one Christmas of we got squirt guns. My sister and I got the same squirt gun, and they have those thick plastic things on there keeping it in the package. Yes. And Dad got his pocket watch out, or his pocket knife. That's a pretty good trick. And he, yeah. cut, he cut his hand really bad. Yeah, because you're not watching where the... I My oldest son, I remember he was 10 or 11, had a box, was holding it against his chest, had the knife, and was like torquing it at himself, like really hard. Oh. And I like scratched that stop. And he's like, what? And I said, where's that knife going to go when it slips? He's like, oh. <laughs> you just got to watch. Just watch where your body parts are and be careful. Watch where so. your body parts are. <laughs> it's just a good rule for life. 